When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Patrick Peterson was saying all we need is five touchdowns, and I thought... You watch the first half, you know, getting one touchdown is going to be tough, let alone five. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen, Pro Football Hall of Famer Terry Bradshaw, and now it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio network coast to coast. We also say hello to everybody who's listening on Sirius channel 218 XM 202 992 on the app the Odyssey stream those listening to us on a radio stream we say hello to you those who are listening later on on a podcast that you're right to listen whenever you want cumulus podcast network puts out our show every single day in podcast form and again if you want to see us we're live on the roku channel every day it is free on all roku devices samsung smart tvs amazon fire tv the roku app that is free for you to put on your phone has the roku channel on it for free and the roku channel.com is a way to check us out on the internet every single day Day as well we've got three guests we've got three hours 844-204-RICH is the number to dial Chris Brockman good to see you over there sir good to see you Rich Jay Felly sitting in for DJ Mikey D again good hey, to see you TJ Jefferson light that candle sir light that candle sir Candles lit, man. A little bit sad this morning. No question know, about but, um, it. And let's we'll, we'll make it through. Well, and I, I, I can't wait to get your your two cents on on the subject matter of um, uh, a shocking beginning. Um, this is my last show of the year because uh, we're off next week, and uh, I'm heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania tonight for a game that I've been looking forward to all year long. As soon as this came out on the schedule, I knew NFL Network would be broadcasting the Steelers hosting the Raiders on the Saturday night, Christmas Eve of week 16. And um, and I knew it was the Immaculate Reception Anniversary Celebration. The day after the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, the Raiders and the Steelers purposely put on the schedule together in a night game for the whole country to watch. And I knew this because we made a special segment out of our schedule release show on it. And to talk about it, we had live on the show Franco Harris, who could not have been more 
excited about that game and that celebration. And he joined us live from Pittsburgh, PA, in front of the plaque and statue that they put together in the actual spot. As we all know, Three Rivers is no longer. But in the actual spot, he was standing there, big smile on his face, couldn't wait for the game. Game's finally coming on Saturday night, and we all wake up today with the news that Franco Harris has passed away. Died overnight. As of this conversation, we still don't know of what. We do know he was out and about. People are putting out photographs of, hey, I ran into Franco this week. He was on... Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. People are, are, are putting out photographs. Here I am with Franco yesterday. You know? And I, I can't find the words when I'm, I'm about to try. Because he represents one of the most famous franchises in the history of the NFL. And his moment of catching the football off of his shoe tops, and of course Raiders fans would say off the turf, absolutely changed his life and changed the life of all Steelers fans and changed the fortunes of a Steelers franchise. And the Steelers that we know today, the organization that we know today, as a winning franchise and a model of stability and a model of winning. He's the one who started it with that catch. Yes, there were other Hall of Famers he was playing around who were there before he got there in 1972 as a rookie from Penn State. But that catch that he made off of his shoe tops On that day, December 23rd, 1972, in a divisional playoff game against the Oakland Raiders, changed it all. Changed it all. And definitely when Terry Bradshaw took the snap on fourth and 10 from his own 40 yard line, down seven to six, with 22 seconds left and no timeouts left. He had no idea that the ball he was about to launch would launch everything I just said. And it would be launched off of Frenchie Fuqua, his intended target, and Jack Tatum. And that's an important distinction. Because back in that day, there was a rule in the NFL that if a ball caromed off an offensive player, the only individual who could catch the carom was the offensive player. Any other offensive player who touched it, it would be illegal on the spot. So the big moment about that immaculate reception where there was a huge to-do with the officials huddling up wasn't about whether Franco caught it off the ground. It was, did it carom off of Jack Tatum or not? Because if it did... It's a legal grab by Franco. If it didn't, it's illegal and the Raiders win the game. But it was ruled a reception and the immaculate reception that unfolded in front of everybody. Would you believe it was the first touchdown 
in postseason history for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. The Pittsburgh wow. Steelers, and this is why I'm mentioning this in the manner in which I'm mentioning this, one of the many reasons. The Pittsburgh Steelers, kids, and people of many different generations, if you're not old enough to remember, they were terrible. They were terrible. Their only postseason appearance before that game. Their only postseason appearance before this season in 1972 was 1947 when they lost in the divisional round to the Philadelphia Eagles, who, by the way, they merged with during the war, World War II, to keep the NFL alive. The Steagles, look it up. And they got shut out in that game, 21-0. Franco Harris, in a 7-6 game where the Steelers were only able to put up two field goals, that was the first ever touchdown for Franco Harris in the postseason, for Terry Bradshaw in the postseason, and for the Steelers organization in the postseason. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to win a Super Bowl. Not just once, but four times. <laughs> wow. And Franco Harris in the Super Bowl that he helped make a reality with that immaculate reception. 158 yards rushing. First ever player to have 150 or more rushing yards in Super Bowl history. He wound up, when it was all said and done, with the most career rush yards in Super Bowl history. 354, which is a record that lasts today. And I would proffer to say this. In this day and age, this passing league where teams cannot get back to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years, let alone win it in back-to-back years, often enough, Who's going to break that? Who's going to be a running back to get back to the Super Bowl over and over and over again to break that record? Emmett Smith is 289 rushing yards. That's behind him. Larry Zonka, he's the only one with over 300 rushing yards in his Super Bowl career. Emmett has him by 30 yards just in terms of the most rushing yards by a running back in postseason history. Franco is second on that list. And again, I I proper to say that record will be frozen in time as well. He is only one of three running backs in NFL history to make a Pro Bowl in each of his first nine seasons. The other ones are named Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. Only nine players ever have done that. Jim Brown, Franco Harris, Barry Sanders, Merlin Olsen, Mel Renfro, Lawrence Taylor, Derek Thomas, Joe Thomas, he's going to the Hall this year, and Aaron Donald, whose string might get broken up. Most rushing touchdowns in postseason history, Franco Harris with 16, Emmett with 19. That's two and one right there. He was the rookie of the year in 1972. He also was part of the all-decade team of the 1970s, All-Pro in 1977. When he retired, he was third in NFL history in rush yards and rushed touchdowns at the time of his retirement. Most importantly, and anyone will tell you who knows him, and Pittsburgh knows this, he was the 1976 NFL Man of the Year. That's before, obviously, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award was created, and he was... All of that. He could have won that every year of his life. So giving of his time and heart. What a good human on the planet. 
And it is so crushing that he passes away two days before the anniversary and three days before it is celebrated in front of a national television audience with his number being retired, just the third in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it will now be done posthumously. Saturday night will turn into a memorial. Acrisure Stadium will turn into a cathedral. Could be a celebration, though, man. It will be. Could be a celebration. It will be. It will be. That's just the way I tend to look at it. Well, no, 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 but that's what memorials are, too. You know, people come and tell funny stories, and Terry Bradshaw's going to come in an hour number three, and and it it will be a lot of fun stories and funny stories. And remember, Franco, this and that. As a matter of fact, we we posted it on our our Twitter feed, Ed O'Neill talking about meeting him at uh, Joe Manganiello and Sophia Vergara's wedding. You know, I mean, and people are posting photographs of, of them with Franco because he was so ubiquitous and so giving of his time and always taking pictures with people and and pittsburgh loves the man from the minute they met him on the field or in public to this very moment and yes you want to talk about a celebration this man was able to bask in the glory of the immaculate reception for 49 years and 362 days of his life when you showed up at the Pittsburgh airport, you were greeted by George Washington yes. and Franco Harris. Yes. Not even show when you show up because it's still <laughs> there. Were there. Statues Literally when you arrived. Yes, I'll be in a few hours. Reception. You know? And that's why, again, he is so special amongst the many special. Because we know the terrible towel, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and Mike Tomlin still will take the field on Saturday night with this Steelers team with the ability to win out and not have a losing record as coach. And Chuck Knoll, who was the coach on that day of the Immaculate Reception, stayed and then handed the reins to Bill Cowher, who stayed and handed the reins to Tomlin. This franchise is known for winning and stability in an era where, you know, (laughs) when the NFL handed out that report to the owners last week, Hey, $800 million has been squandered on fired coaches and fired front office members. The Rooneys are probably sitting back there like, pass that to 31 other people. You don't need to give that to us. (laughs) (laughs) We don't don't need that report. Dead money. Get out of here with that. That's for everyone else in this room. We know the franchise as that. They were not that. When Terry Bradshaw took that snap on 4th and 10 with 22 seconds left and no timeouts from his own 40 and threw the ball that wound up in the hands of Franco Harris, who took it to the end zone. And when you think about it, what other moments com- compared to launching a dynasty other than, I guess, Mo Lewis knocking out Drew Bledsoe and bringing Tom Brady in? Like, that's the only moment. But that was just a moment that nobody remembered until... Everything yeah, else was, that happened. It wasn't but, a playoff game. Correct. It wasn't the last play of the game. It wasn't fourth this down. was yeah. named the greatest moment in NFL history by fans and the greatest play in NFL history by the fans in the NFL 100 campaign a couple of years ago. With, without question. And the man who was on the receiving end, who was going to have his number retired on Saturday night in celebration of this moment, I cannot believe Franco Harris 
has passed away. I'm sending nothing but my love and respect to his family, the Steelers organization, people from Pittsburgh, TJ, who, you know, must be completely overwhelmed with grief today. Yeah, they're devastated. Devastated. You know, I, I, I'm i a diehard Cowboy fan. We all knew that. But I grew up in the heart of Steeler country. So, you know, it's there whether you want it or not. I've watched more hours of Steeler football than anything I'm else. sure. And Franco going to Penn State. And, you know, of course, I wasn't alive for the Immaculate Reception, but I had the opportunity to meet this man probably five to seven times in my life living in Pittsburgh and living in Altoona. And it was just like, it was just, he was great. He was always welcoming and very cool. Sweetheart. And the, the nicest dude. And, oh, my you know, gosh. This big man with this big beard who you might be a little intimidated by. But I can remember being a kid and walking up to him at a, like a meet and greet once. And he just just made you feel welcome. And that play, I think, epitomizes why he's such a legend in, in, in blue-collar Pittsburgh. You know, that just like not giving up when you're down 33-0. Keep digging. Keep, keep your head up. Yes. Keep your head in the game. You could have been down. The game was over. But you hustled, man, and you, and you followed the play, and you made the play. And that's, I think, why, why people love this dude. And, and he, he changed the fortunes of a franchise in the changed. city and his yeah. career and the other guys who are Hall of Famers and you in forget, the making. And you don't forget, but people forget. When gosh. he retired, he was the third leading rusher in the history of the National Football League behind just Walter Payton and Jim Brown. I am know? gutted. I am gutted, and I know every Steeler fan is gutted. NFL fans are gutted. The city is gutted. And, um, and we the will, timing, man, like you said. Exactly. going to happen. And we will all get together on Saturday night to remember and honor and celebrate his life. And for the moment, though, uh, sending all our love and condolences to the family of Franco Harris, the Steelers family, the city of Pittsburgh. Franco's Italian Army. Franco's Italian Army and all NFL fans from coast to coast. We'll talk about it with Terry Bradshaw on hour number three. Ian Rappaport will be joining us coming up in hour number two. And I mean, in about two minutes time and um, and. Uh, Obviously, we'll take your phone calls on it at 844-204-RICH, number to dial all day. Frank O'Harris, dead at the age of 72. May you rest in peace, Franco. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, NetSuite by Oracle lets you know your numbers when you are sitting down to check out your balance and your spreadsheets and everything you need to know for your business. Guess what? It's outdated. And if you're not using NetSuite by Oracle, to see the full picture, you have got to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle if you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth because you get visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. Everything you need to grow is right there all in one place. You can automate your processes, close your books in no time. That's how you stay well ahead of the competition. Over 32,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite is a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. We're just a couple days away from week 16. Um, It starts tomorrow night with the Jaguars and the Jets on Thursday night, and then the bulk of the activity is on Saturday. And joining us right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line with the latest on so many burning questions, hopefully getting some, some answers. He's an answer, man. He's an information man. His name is uh, Ian Rappaport, back here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Ian? What's going on, Rich? How are you? I'm fine. Um, update me on Jalen Hurts. What do you know about his thrown shoulder? What do you got for me? Well, it's a sprained shoulder. It's, it's not worse, which I think is good, but it's a throwing shoulder, so certainly that's something that's a little bit of a cause for concern. Um, you know, I know that he said there's a chance he starts. I know that the Eagles have not ruled him out. Just based on where it all seems to be heading, uh, it feels like he will probably miss this start. We'll see, but that's what it feels like, which means, you know, Gardner Minshew, who's probably one of the, I don't know, certainly one of the top five backups in the NFL should be, probably could start someplace, definitely this time of year. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. He might end up being the starter. And, you know, I think if you're the Eagles, it gets interesting from there. Let's say somehow the Eagles win. They lock up the number one seed. They lock up a bye. Well, then, does it make sense to play Jalen Hurts for the rest of the year? Does it make sense? You know what? Just rest him. Get ready for the playoffs where you have nothing to gain in the regular season anyway. Right. But he may play anyway. And that's the thing I don't understand. He may play. He may just miss the one week. You know, and there's no timetable for his return whether it's this week or beyond, which means it could be more serious than believed. I don't think I'm alarmist in saying that, Ian. Like, well, what, what do if, we know? If that's the case, if that's the case, like, let's say it is a multi-week injury. Well, you have, like, really four weeks from now. I mean, you have this week, plus two more, plus if they have the bye, which I think they just win, you know, one more game. If yes. they, you know, win this week, they get the bye, and... If they don't, then there's some other stuff. But a buy is certainly possible, I would say, plus likely. Then you have four weeks. So it doesn't feel to me like it's more than that. So either way, short-term and long-term this year, I think the Eagles are going to be absolutely fine, despite a somewhat scary injury to maybe their most important player. So um, is this a game time? This is like 90 minutes before they're doing that? 
That's a, a real game time decision. What do you think? Against no, Dallas? I think we'll. Pro- I think we'll probably know. I mean, if we get to, you know, if we get to Friday and Jalen Hurts hasn't played, I think the jig will hasn't practiced. I think the jig will probably be up. I don't. I don't think this will be one where we'll see like, is he going to warm up? Is he not? I mean, there's all sorts of competitive balance stuff. And we'll see, but this doesn't feel like a big circus involving the starting quarterback. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, so let's jump into some other quarterback scenarios. I guess if we're talking Philadelphia Eagles and their MVP quarterback goes down late in the season and they're you know just pretty much ready to wrap up the bye anyway, um, and we're talking about shades of 2017, that means Nick Foles has got to start. And lo and behold... He's going to start Monday night. Jeff Saturday announced Nick Foles is starting on Monday night football. Where in the world did this one come from? What is happening in Indianapolis, Ian? Well, not a lot of good things, it seems. Honestly. <laughs> um, and I'm no, I'm no football expert. Um, well, I guess some might say I am. Um, it's not good. It's not good. And the fact that they're going to their third quarterback, the fact that this is a team that you know lost their start, lost their coach. Spencer's starting quarterback is now in the third quarterback. Just gave up, you know, probably the worst loss in NFL regular season history. Uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of positives, just being completely honest. Um, and maybe Nick Foles leads into a win or somehow, some way. I don't know. Um, is it going to be part of their future? You know, seems doubtful. So then it's like, why would you do this? Um, and the answer is, I have no idea. It's, but, you know, I think for Foles it's a cool opportunity, but Short-term for the Colts, long-term for the Colts. Uh, I'm not sure I see the answer here. Right. I mean, I, I guess why not? Um, you got to throw everything out after you give up 33 points in the fourth quarter of one loss and then come back from a bye and then lose after scoring the first 33 points of that game, too. But you blame the quarterback? I, I, or, or and, and I guess that... Is, it, there's no injury, well, it, best you can tell. There's just like we got to yeah. try something else, and so we make the the most, uh, I guess, jarring change of them all. Yeah, I don't know of an injury. Um, that would be a surprise. And I think you know the real question to me is why would you not have Sam Ellinger start? Like Foles is, you know, is he going to be the backup next year with a new coach and a new system? My guess, and Frank Reich obviously gone. My guess is probably not. Is Sam Ellinger? I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. He's shown some flashes, some not great play. Um, wouldn't it be worth finding out if Sam Ellinger is a part of your future, if he is a backup? Like, when else would you want to do it except for now, except they're going with a 30-something Nick Foles without a ton there for the future? Certainly some questions, I would say, questions. Mm. Wow. Okay, uh, Ian Rapport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Next one for you, Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I saw the Ravens with my own two eyes and called the game with my own voice. Game of the weekend. Uh, I saw it right in the middle of a you know two classics. I had that yep. middle. I had that middle sandwich. Um, and man, do they need him! And now Devin Duvernay is out. Their receivers haven't caught a touchdown pass since week three, and. Um, they got Sammy Watkins back, so they need Lamar. I mean, in the worst way, what's the scoop with him right now? They need Lamar, and, you know, this was the week, based on the people I've spoken with, that the Ravens expected Lamar back. I mean, it's one to three-week injury to PCL, which, you know, sometimes can take a little longer um, than maybe some other injuries, but 
you know, they thought he would be back. And we'll see today. Maybe he's back at practice today. Um, if if they've had practice, they have not seen it. Um, but otherwise, I think this would be a little surprising. You know, Lamar had an ankle injury last year, did not end up returning from it. And, you know, from this one, maybe a little slower than they anticipated. There's nothing wrong here. It's just, you know, they need him badly. Um, he is, you know, it's funny. It's like his value is going up as he doesn't play. On the other hand, they really would just like him to play and just be awesome again. So we'll see when that happens. I think the Ravens are going to be okay, but certainly you'd like to see Lamar Jackson out there. Well, because Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters are out too, right? They're not. They're right. not. They're not coming yep. back either. It seems for the moment. Um, yeah, I think those guys. That's probably two week injuries, which you know you get to this time of year, and the only injuries are are they back for the playoffs or not? So if those are two week injuries, and there's not much to play for. We may see them again in the playoffs, and that's it. So it's it's like let's see if if Lamar practices today because again today is like a Thursday for a regular right. season week because the Ravens pretty much everybody but um, uh, I guess let me get the number right ten teams play on on Saturday this week um, and so this is it I mean this is this is rubber meeting the road and 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 all honesty though I mean value for down the line that's down the line they need him back now. I mean that that team had base and and Dobbins had a rest day yesterday. He looked good, um, and he, he said he's going to get his burst back, and and he could be the answer. But Lamar, they got to have him. They got to get him. You know. Yeah, they you know they got to get him and they got to win. But then they also need to win in the playoffs. So if it's a strategic, he's almost ready. We'll just rest him. That's fine. It's all fine. I mean, I think the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs regardless. Um, you just want to make sure that there's nothing. And, and you know, John Harbaugh wears his sort of emotions slash thoughts on his sleeve. He does not seem exactly thrilled with where the state of injuries are in his team. Um, you know, said right at the start, I'm not talking about it. That was not a great sign because there's a reason for him not to talk about it, apparently. Um, so we'll see if he practices today. That will be very telling as far as whether or not Lamar will be back. Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Network, NFL Media Group, kind enough to call in here on a very busy Wednesday on the Rich Eisen Show here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Let's talk about the Titans. How how significant is Ryan Tannehill's injury for a team that is suddenly in a free fall uh, and the object that's getting more and more closer and maybe than they even appear is uh, Jacksonville? What do you got for me on Tannehill's injury and Malik Willis starting for the Titans here? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels to me like Ryan Tannehill is a you know, severe long shot to play this week. Um, was in a lot of pain, came back somehow, some way, looked, well, I guess, okay. But he's dealing with injuries to both of his ankles this season. He is tough as anything. Um, but as bad as that looked, the fact that he was able to come back, you sort of knew, like, all right, like, this is something, this is something that's real. So I think there's a very real chance we see Malik Willis start this weekend. And then, you know, we'll see after that. Um, it's, again, it's the, type, it's the time of year when the only kind of injuries are we'll see you in the playoffs or not. Um, so if the Titans lose this week, does it make sense to bring Ryan Tannehill back on two bad ankles with a slim chance of hanging on? Maybe it does, but we'll see if he's able to do that. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, Ian, what, what, what can you tell me about the Jets quarterback situation? And I know Mike White, and I'm not talking about injuries. I'm just talking about the way that they're evaluating Zach Wilson, the offense that's being run, the locker room when he's in there and the body language on the field when he's throwing to them and Mike White 
um, having the exact opposite feeling to it and yeah. what this means for the, the short term in the future. Like, open your reporter notebook on the quarterback situation best that you can for me, for the Jets, please. Look, guys like Mike White. I mean, that's, you know, you hit on it. It's pretty clear. When he play, I mean, he's the guy who kind of gives people a lift. Now, does it matter on the football field? I would argue it does. Um, you know, if you like the guy who's throwing to you, it, you know, does it help you finish one more route a game? Like, I don't know how it manifests itself on the field, but it's not nothing. Guys like Mike White. Now, Mike White is not as talented, quote-unquote, as Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson can make a lot of throws, and he was not bad last week. Like, he, he, I know he's carrying some baggage, and a lot of the receivers have been frustrated all season about the way he's played, and all of that is true. But actually, on the field last week, if you knew nothing, you would say, you know what? There might be something there. Maybe there is a little bit there. Um, throws at the end when you've got to have it. Game on the line. Like, there was some stuff there that I think was okay. <laughs> so, he's going to start Thursday. And I think if he has another, you know, sort of promising performance, you may see him again. Um, if, <laughs> excuse me. If not... Um, you know, then I think if Mike White is cleared, you'll probably see him. Best case scenario for the Jets. Best, absolute best case. Zach Wilson goes out and balls, and you just keep keep giving him starts till the year end. Yeah, of course. And then and that he's and that he merits it, and that he does yeah, take uh, and right, and that's worth it. You know, and that his stat line of three hundred yards and two touchdowns um, does merit um, uh, does yield a win, and also uh, a sense that he has grasped whatever the reset required him to grasp and that maybe the, the the coaching staff is is willing to let him out of the pocket instead of just saying stand in there and become more of a quarterback it just seems like right it, it just seems to be off it really does and that's why i'm wondering because the next up for them is they got to go to see i mean this is i mean you know new york man i mean he, he's going to be in front of the all the jet fans and the guy that Every single one of those people in that stadium and everybody who roots for the Jets outside of that stadium, and that includes me, was rooting for them to keep losing so they could get the other guy that's on the field playing quarterback. And that guy is now ascending. And if he comes in and does what he's been doing to a Jets defense that has been the team's saving grace, then they're going to they're gonna let it all out on Zach. That's going to happen tomorrow night, potentially. Uh, yeah, and... And, you know, one of the weird things in our world, and I wish it wasn't the case, but I made my peace with it a long time ago, is there is a increased importance to these standalone national games. It's just the whole country is watching, and sometimes you have, you know, casual-ish fans who watch more so than any time, other time, mm-hmm. and everyone reacts more. Everything that happens in these nationally televised standalone games is a, a little bit bigger. And if it's real bad, it's going to get real loud. Um, on the other hand, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. But I, I, I will tell you this, like, the way, you know, this was like a really feel-good Jets season. And I think this this draft class is going to be real. You know, Brees Hall would have helped. Yeah, you think? I think draft, draft, draft class is going to be really, really good. Um, this has turned. Uh, and that's really too bad because there was a lot of promise here at the start. Last one for you, Ian Rappaport. Um, you're taking a look at the way the draft order is beginning to shake out and who's got top picks and who doesn't, and then who's going to have quarterback decisions, whether you keep who you have or you draft 
somebody else in the next couple weeks may have something to do with that decision, obviously, whether you make the playoffs or you don't. Uh, which teams are you circling to take a look at on that front over the next couple weeks with the draft order shaking out, as I mentioned, the way that it looks? Ian. Well, I mean, start, you know, start right at the top, right? Start with the Houston Texans. Um, are they, you know, I would say probably not that thrilled with their quarterback situation this year. Um, we thought Davis Mills was going to be a thing. Seems like Davis Mills is probably a pretty good backup and, you know, worthwhile draft pick, pretty good backup, but not your starter. So do the Texans right up the bat? Do they take one? Chicago, probably not. Um, now they have a lot of needs, and we'll see what it is, but probably not. Um, Seattle is three, I think now. Yes, they are. Now that's the one you're circling, right? Do they see? Do they well, sign Geno or do they keep him? And then and, and then both. I huh. mean, they could franchise tag Geno. They could sign him to a short deal and draft a quarterback. And because Geno is like a really good guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he would go crazy if they signed him and then took a quarterback. Like, that's fine. Take a quarterback, don't play him for a year, and then we'll see what happens. You know? Um, you know, the Lions, I know everyone assumes they're going to take a quarterback. I'm not so sure about that. Neither am I. Goff looks terrific in this, and he looks smooth. His play-action game and these receivers, he's locked in on them. I mean, why would you mess with that? Uh, and he's been to a Super Bowl. Honestly, I know I know people like dumping on him, but he's part of the reason why that they have won six or seven. They really have. I mean, that was a good example of a nationally televised game taking on increased importance. He didn't look good in the Super Bowl, and it kind of went downhill, you know, from there. Right. But think of this. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the list, Rich. You have Arizona, who's set. Indy, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. They're Could just all pick quarterbacks. Well, that New Orleans belongs to Philadelphia too. I mean, oh, right. you talk about the rich getting richer. You know, they probably don't need a quarterback. They're right, probably okay. But right. other than that, all, it could right. be all quarterbacks. Though. Exactly, and then and then comes Vegas at ten. Uh, what what are you hearing on Brady as we go out the door here for the next couple weeks? For the next Big, three weeks, biggest decision is does he want to play? He has, you know, his team has obviously struggled. He struggled some. Uh, he has always promised that when he wasn't good, he would walk away. He's, you know, I, I will be extremely curious for his own self-reflection. What does he think? Does he think this, it's this offense, it's this team, or does he think I'm 45 and it's time? Like, I, I have no idea. I kind of hope he plays. It's fun when he plays. But I'm fascinated by this swimming decision with no one having a more important decision than Tom Brady himself. Hmm. Ian, thanks for the time, brother. Thanks very much. Oh, yeah, last one for you. On a scale of one, two, I can't freaking believe it. Uh, Where do you stand on the Mets owner committing almost a billion dollars in free agents over the last uh, three weeks? What about that? Uh, It's great. um, I've earned it. Uh, It's been a rough rough two decades, uh, three decades, really really my whole life. Um, The Mets have operated like a crappy uh, small market team despite being in New York and literally exactly the same as the Yankees, but it's been basically three decades. I've suffered through a lot of crap. I've been to a lot of bad games. I watched a lot of Steve Traxel starts. Um, Steve Traxel's been I mentioned. I deserve it. Um, I woke up today, and I knew the Mets were interested. I knew they made a secret run in him. Yes. Uh, I didn't know. And so like, I went to bed last night being like, all right, the press conference is postponed. I'm crazy, right? And then I woke up to a million texts, and I'm like, it has to be correct. There's nothing else it could be. 
So anyway, let's go Mets. I deserve it. I'm very happy. Yeah, TJ Jefferson, you're all you're in that we, boat too, huh? We deserve it, rap. We deserve That's it. it. All right. Okay. So, it's, been a, it's been a long time. LGM. Let's yep. go. Let's go, Mets. LFGM. M-E-T dollar sign. That's how they're spelled right now. Thank you, Uncle Stevie. Ian, take care of yourself. Uh, I'll see you soon. We'll chat soon. Uh, look forward to it. Thanks, Rich. At Rap Sheet for the kids who want to follow him on Twitter. Join the, the millions. And the millions. And millions. I'm going to talk about his followers, not Speaking the Mets payroll. <laughs> oh, buddy. 500 you know. million with the luxury tax dude, next year. Dude. Hey. We'll talk about it. 844-204-RICH, hey. number to dial here on the program. Don't go anywhere. I got a great story for you. I need your help. About Steve Cohen? Oh. No. This oh. is on the personal front. Uh-oh. Gotcha. Coming up. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. So, um... You know, about a week ago, right around here, right around this time, it could have been on this day, one week ago on, on our show last week, uh, I mentioned to you that Susan and I watched episode one, season two of The White Lotus. Yeah. Because you've been talking about it, and the country's been talking about it, and Susan and I have been able to keep our heads down enough that we don't have anything ruined. And you're like, you got to watch it, you got to watch it, you got to watch, watch it. it. So good. We watched it, and as soon as it was over, we look at each other. We're like, "What? What's what's the big deal with this thing? Like, we don't like any of the characters. It was weird. We just gave a weird feeling. I'm not a big fan of awkward TV. Mm-hmm. And um, we looked at each other, and I'm like, I, "If I didn't watch another episode of this, I'd be fine." Okay, that's what oh. I said. Okay, and she goes, "Yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. I agreed with you at the I, moment because I, I was in the same." I was, Finished the first episode, and I was like, eh. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I felt So the same. I came on, and I said this on the air, and you're like, stick with it. Stick with yeah. it. It gets so much better. Right. Yeah. I, I did. Every episode builds and builds and builds. It's real like, you got to stick with it. Stick you got to go. You got to go. And I even said, hey, Succession was like that mm-hmm. for me when the first season hit. I'm like, I don't really like any of these people. Like, what? Give me a reason to stick with it. And then right around episode three, episode four, it took off like a rocket ship, and it's, it's still going straight up. Out of the galaxy. It's so fantastic. So I, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll get back to that. You know, mm-hmm. put a pin in it. Noted. It's what I thought in my head. <laughs> Noted. And then I went off to Cleveland to call the game. Yeah. yeah. Caught the plane out to Cleveland. I did on Thursday. Evening. On Thursday. Like caught the plane to Cleveland on Thursday. Arrived and was there on Friday and then did the game Saturday. Got home Saturday night. Did the show Sunday. <laughs> And I think I know where we're at. And I said to Suze, you know, hey, Brockman said the White Lotus is really good. Maybe we should get back to it. And she goes, I got something to tell you. I'm like, what? <laughs> she watched yep. <laughs> almost all of it without me in a span of like 36 hours. 
This was a text from her yesterday to me at 11.43. During the show? As we're getting ready for the final segment. Rich is so mad at me, I binged the entire season. <laughs> she did. Except for the finale of White Lotus, and then she sent me that sideways crying face. Oh, that's Susie Eisenhuffman. <laughs> what a violation. I mean... Yeah, what a violation. And then I wrote back, wrong, you know, I, I laughed and I went, he said he hated it. Isn't it so good? And she goes, weirdly so. Weirdly so. So I say to her, I'm like, what, what do you mean? And first of all, she says to me, you're going you're gonna to have to catch up. And I'm like, you watched it without me? She goes, yeah. And I'm like, how much? She goes, you're going to have to catch up. I'm like, <laughs> two episodes? No. Three episodes? No. Like, how many? Like, you tell me. Right. And she's like, almost all of it. Well, how much? Is There's only seven all? episodes. Yeah, so, she got through six. So you know, just not that that's many. Like, that's like six <laughs> hours of television. You know, they're long. That's, that's right. I love to tap out with my wife and watch six hours of television. Yeah. You should just skip it, bro. Don't skip it. I'm not going to skip it. I've got it all on my iPad. Oh, there you iPad. go. You got a flight today. Yes. Bang. I'm going to. I got to catch up. Got to catch up. Uh, again, up. you don't got to. Like, I have caught up. I stuck with the Brockman reluctantly. Wait, wait, did you finish the whole thing? I got to the, I think, ep- end of episode six where Jennifer so Coolidge. Right where Susie is. Don't say, don't oh, yeah, say don't where. Don't say, because now I'm going to. I'm, I'm just saying, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, don't stop. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I don't need to know anymore. You know she's in it, so that's all. No, I know, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm saying is Jennifer Coolidge walking around. I mean. In a hotel. Come on. And seeing stuff. And so her, she says, I'm like, so. <laughs> I'm like, what gives? She goes, well, what you know gives? how much I love Italy, and I just like. Oh she, yeah, it's in Sicily. I'm like, it's okay. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. but they're in the, the resort 99 percent of the time, so it's not like you're seeing. They do, they do, and one thing you'll notice, Rich, it's super annoying. Not a spoiler at all. They only eat at the hotel restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're in Sicily. I know. Get <laughs> they out. can go walk around town and I try know, some whatever, of the local cuisine. Whatever. I didn't even the whole think thing, about that. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole thing is just like a complete, sorry, sorry totally code, sorry, code, like a code breaking. Is it? Is that a violation? Absolutely, it is. I, you know what it was like? She, you know what the excuse was, in a way? It sounded like to me was Ross telling Rachel, we, we, we were on a break. break. <laughs> you said you didn't want it. Like, we were, on a, we were on a White Lotus break. So I went, and you were gone, and I had the time. So I did it, and I watched it. I will say, I, I, I have a similar situation with The Wire with Sarah. Yeah. When we first started dating, it was one of those things like, hey, everyone talks about this, how good this show is. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Let's, Let's watch it. it. Yes. So we watched maybe the first two episodes. And like, I wasn't that into it. It's a little slow, I think, in the beginning. And uh, it was like, put a pin in it. And then like a few months later, she was like, oh, yeah, I saw this guy. He was on the wire. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, I finished the whole show. All of it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was... So are mad, you, are you upset? and I'm still mad. Of to course this you day. are. To this day, of I'm course still you mad. are. Of course you are. Because the wire, one of the best was, shows was, ever. Well, and it was it totally got overshadowed by the Sopranos. Right. I mean, the wire is such an incredible ensemble show. It makes the Sopranos look like a one man play. It's that sprawling and that amazing. So, but that's a lot of television without you. This is just at least with Suze, it's like you know, grand total of five hours, six Rich, hours. Here's the other thing: like, it's not something that you really had your heart set on watching, right? Was it something that no, you, I, you, I, you were kind of going to reluctantly but she watch? Felt it the same way as I did. 
I know, but I'm saying, though, just I'm trying to make you feel better. Like, it wasn't something that you had your heart set on, and then she watched it without you. You were going to watch it to watch it. I would never do that to her. Well, of course you wouldn't, because you're not stupid. Wow, there's a wrath. Yeah, you're not dumb. That goes her way to you, that you would not go your way to her. Didn't we talk about fearing her last week? Of course you would not do this, because you're not stupid. But at the same point, it's not it's not something that you had your heart set on. Like, you wanted to watch it, but, you know, I'm just trying to make you feel better, like I said. I appreciate it. Like, last night, we saw, you know, the latest Yellowstone, and there's a commercial for Tulsa King, which I was prepared to white lotus her on. <laughs> and I said to her, I even said to her, I'm like, you want to, like, Tulsa King, are you are you out on that? And she goes, no, I'd watch more. I'm like, damn it, I was going to watch it. By the way, I am caught up. That show is next level. Okay, I'm, I'm in. Still first. I'm in. I'm in. But I'm, I'm I'll catch up on White Lotus in my spare time. <laughs> Good lord, Keenan Allen coming up on the Chargers. We just want to recommend you not do that to her. Like. I'm, I, I would. I would not. Yeah, I would not. But would. she's just like you were out. You were out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. But I also, I was like, out I with kinda, you. I kind of still had my finger on the chess piece. I made my move. It wasn't official yet. I'm gonna be honest. With I didn't you, think like she would in the. On, I left on Thursday, <laughs> right after the show, and returned Saturday night. I was gone like 43 hours. And she watched five episodes. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's a binge. Lot. She's binging. That's straight. A binge. total binge. That's a lot. That's like one every eight hours, man. That's just bam. She knocked a total out. binge. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. It, you know, it's, it, it's going to take a while to get to binge. something exciting, though. Spouses don't binge without the other the the other spouse <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a healthy marriage like the one we have. It's just it's 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 not right. It's good that she's honest, right? And so the lanes of communication are open. But she knew she knew when I asked her. Right. Like, it was again. It was like the yodeler from 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 <laughs> from from yeah. Price is Right. It kept going up with each question about how many episodes. You know <laughs> how many episodes, and it kept going up until it fell off the cliff. <laughs> I think right. I would have lied. I think I would have lied if I was her. No, because she's then she's going to have to watch read, it. No, no, no. It's read, read the room. Be open and honest. Read the room. Understand how it seems like you're open peeved. and honest. But Chris, she would have to watch no. those episodes over with him, and it's not no. worth watching that. Oh, anyway, it is. I'm catching up at forty thousand feet today. <laughs> Enjoy, my friend. Head east. Enjoy and some red on the floor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well done. I got red on the PJ. Wrap up hour number one right here on the show. Come on.